Eels off the top. Larkham. Herbert smashes through the middle. Gregan. Drop goal from Larkham. Up it goes. Could you believe it? Larkham has to be De Beer. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Green and Gold Rugby Show. I think this is our first for 2020, so welcome along. Uh, just a reminder, we are the, the show that's getting you over the advantage line on the hottest topics of Australian rugby. We've got a bit of a, uh, I guess, a, a, an abbreviated show tonight, but we're keen to get together and chat. Obviously, any time the Reds win, I'm keen to get on board, and this has been their first one of the season. And and I must say, with the Waratahs doing so poorly, Rowley refused to come on. So all credit to Hugh Cavill, who joins us tonight. Thanks for coming along, Hugh. <laughs> it's... It's, uh, yeah, look, it's going to be a stretch to bring up 2014 at some point, but we'll get there. It's, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll get there somehow. There's less no and less the remnants of that team. Uh, uh, I think it's actually, look, we'll, we'll move on we'll past that and start talking about this year because I've got to say it's been, um, there's been been some good rugby on show, Reg, I've got to say, even though the, the on-field results haven't haven't been excellent. Um, you know, the win by the Brumbies, a win by the Reds, and and you just feel like there's a bit of starting to get a bit of momentum between a, uh, behind a couple of our teams at very least. Yeah, I, I get that too, Hugh, and I guess that's the format of tonight's show. We're not going to do the, our traditional top five burning questions. We're gonna we want to do a bit of sort of around the grounds and see how those Aussie teams are. Uh, sitting at the moment, how we feel about them, particularly, I guess, from our own personal perspectives. We might touch on a few Wallaby bolters. We do want to touch a little bit on where we think the rugby rights are going, but without going too far into that, and maybe even just preview an article that's about to hit the the, the Green and Gold Rugby blog quickly too. So, Hugh, let's start with those Brumbies, mate. They're on top of the conference. Um, they've won three from four. That loss against the Rebels was probably a bit of a shocker from their perspective, but, gee, last week, uh, a really impressive win in New Zealand uh, is really, you know, their first game away from Canberra. Uh, it, it really made a bit of a statement, didn't it? It did, didn't it? I mean, yeah, the loss was the Highlanders, I think, but um, oh, it's, uh, yeah, but, but I mean, it's relevant because you know I, I didn't see that game, but I certainly have read about it, and it it did seem like they they see they gave it away late, and you know I think that that could have been the making um, of the Brumbies, or it could have been their you know um, the thing that tipped them over this season, and you know those those close run games can count for so much as you get to the end of the season and and, and in a tight table. Um, going over to New Zealand and, you know, it'd be easy for that to get to you, uh, for that to knock your confidence, especially after, you know, you, you started off with a couple of pretty good wins um, and, you know, to end up what would be two and two after a pretty positive start would, would be pretty debilitating for the Brumbies. Um, and so to go over and, and, and do what they haven't done for, I think, something like six years, Reg, and, and yeah, win in I, New Zealand. I, I, you were looking to bring up that bring up that year. I think it was 2014. So there you go, mate. That there you go. Um, and um, yeah, look, it, it was a it was a fantastic win, wasn't it? It wasn't anything fluky about it. They they got out of the blocks really quickly. Um, and at 24 nil, I think it was, or maybe even uh, 26 nil, you thought, well, that they could put 40 on here if they just keep the foot on the throat. But the Chiefs fought back, and at one point you thought. You know, I think it was 26-14 quite quickly. And I've seen that game before. I, I certainly remember the Waratahs against the Crusaders a few years ago where it, where it unfolded in a similar way and the Tars ended up going down, you know, must have been 36-32 or something similar. Um, but 
yeah, the Brumbies just held on. They defended stoutly. They played smart footy down the stretch. They they conceded a, an unlucky yellow card, I thought, but they didn't didn't get too carried away. And, and they converted what was a really impressive win against the Chiefs side that, that was going really well up to that point. So, you know, there's there's a lot to like about that team, Reg, from, you know, the the young uh, Lolesio at, at, uh, at yeah. half um, to some of those more experienced campaigners in Joe Powell and Tavita Kurandrani. Obviously, that front row, James Slipper, Scott Co. And um, and I'll finish my my stint on the Brumbies maybe with with one bold prediction: Is Alan Alatoa, Ala, Alatoas, excuse me, the best player in Australian rugby at the moment? Mate, I that's a great. Yeah, that's a great call. Look, there's a lot to like about this Brumbies team, and Alatoa's appointment as captain was perhaps controversial. Do you pick a tight head prop, or you might only get sort of 50 to 60 minutes from? But he's been exceptional this form, and in fairness, he was exceptional last year too, particularly for the Brumbies. Um, but his game on the weekend, I thought, was just fantastic. He's he's a he's really stepped up to that leadership rank. Um, you know, with his on-field performances, but you get the, the way these Brumbies have started. And I, I, you know, I ribbed them a little bit. They had three home games early. They got a bit of a dream run there, uh, albeit with some trying sort of environmental conditions around them. Um, <laughs> but you cannot deny them this performance on the weekend. And, and you summed it up nicely. They got out of the guns, out of the gates quickly. Um we knew the Kiwis would come back. They've always done it. It reminds me very much of that 91 semi-final in the World Cup when, you know, Campo sort of ignited us early and then the, we just sort of held on against a fast-finishing All Blacks after that. And then also um, in 94, that Gregan tackle game would be the exact same thing. So, you know, I had to go back a fair way there. But they had two class teams, and I think the Brumbies really proved their class there Um and they have had a challenging week. I mean, they they had mumps through the team. Um, they had players pull out. They had some rookies calling in, let alone the players they lost last year. Carter, Carter Arnold, um, uh, Pocock. Uh, it, it's really quite an exceptional performance. So, um, And it, it's starting to build the credibility of Dan McKellar as a coach. It, you know, he's got some good support stuff around them, but McKellar is now, you know, hold himself up there as probably the, the, the best provincial Aussie coach uh, in the in the country. That's sort of inarguable, I guess. Um, uh, Player-wise, mate, who's, you, you mentioned Ala, Alatoa. Let's let's take a little glimpse at that Wallaby squad. Anyone that sort of caught your eye as a, a bit of a bolter that you, um, you know, you think might push for chances? Yeah, look, I, I'll give a shout-out to, to Rob Valentini. I actually think he has been a guy that's been on the scene for a few years now and has come on as a bit of a young prodigy but never really sort of cracked it he was in a wallaby squad or two um and i believe he has never got on the field he um, no, got on versus samoa last year that you know that random test they played oh well that yeah, yeah. Count, does it um <laughs> but you know he he uh, uh, sorry rod davies um but uh <laughs> To one-off tests against Samara, Bo Robinson as well. Bo That's Robinson, a version. Yeah. We'll, let's forget that game. Um, but um, look, the thing about Rob Valentini is uh, there's always something there, and people have spoken about him and as a future Wallaby, you know, a, as a future star. And I've, I've never quite seen it. I think he's a good player, yeah. but I've never gone wow. Um, but you know, against the Chiefs, I thought he was actually you know, really, um, really stood out he, as that sort of abrasive number six, running in those wider channels, but playing tight. I think he topped the tackle count. He, um, you know, was a physical presence through the field. 
and and just looks to be maturing. Uh, I think he's a guy in a position where you know it's it's fair to say that there's there's uh, a spot there for someone who can take it in the Wallaby Six jumper with the retirement of David Pocock. Um, you know, guys like Lucan Salakaloto will put his hand up, um, and um, you know a few other players too. But I think Rob Valentini is is someone who I could see starting there in in the first test uh, against Fiji in, in July because I think if he keeps this form and he keeps healthy, which is a a, a key, yeah. um, I, I think he could get there. Um, what do you think, Reg? Anyone catch your eye? Well, yeah, I agree with Valentini, and I, I liked his aggressiveness, um, but not just the bully boy tactics. He was he was legitimately physical uh, in the heart of it too, which is great. Look, th- this guy's less a bolder, but I guess you might consider him some considering how he was treated last year. But Pete Samu's form's been fairly irrepressible, and I, uh, you know, uh, who'd be a selector? How do you fit the back row talent we've got? going around into this Wallaby team at the moment. I guess we've still got plenty of time before those make those squad those, those squad announcements and um, touch wood, you know, hopefully there won't be injuries along the way. I actually, I'll, I'll do an article about it soon enough, but I, I got to catch up with Matt Tatsy Taylor on the weekend. Tatsy was uh, in Brisbane doing a, a coaching session with that Caps to Kids program, uh, which is a, a, an amazing program that Brad Free Corporates a Wallaby defensive coach down there at Ballymore giving free coaching sessions to all the best and brightest young teenage rugby talent uh, in southeast Queensland and had a quick chat up, catch up with Tatsy. And, you know, he's catching up with Dave Rennie weekly, he and uh, Scott Wisemantle, and, and they're picking their Wallaby A and B type uh, team every week. So it'd be amazing to listen to that chat and just how do you fit the likes of you know, Nasirani, Samu, um, uh, Valentini, as you say, Harry Wilson, perhaps, Luke and Salakai Liam Wright, Michael Hooper. Um, there's some exceptional talent, but Pete Samu's form, as a, a particularly in attack, has been exceptional. And it's, it's, it's hard to deny him, um, you know, a wallaby squad position, but how we get him in the squad, I don't know. We'll, we'll leave that to, to, I guess, time and those uh, more credentialed than us to, uh, to work that out. Yeah, well, it's a good problem to have, and 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 you know, there's certainly a few other Brumbies that are putting their hands up too. It'd be remiss of us probably not to mention Tom Banks, who you feel like his yep. time might be coming, uh, um, and and young Lolesio in the ten jersey, which is you know, I think coming into the season, we had a lot of young tens floating around, and and um, you know, he was one I think that uh, people had their eyes on, but to do what he's done so far, I've got to say he's he's easily been the standard of the younger tens coming through. Um, the way he managed that game, the way he takes on the line, his, his offload game's really strong. For someone who's only played three Super Rugby games so far, I think he's um, he's showing a maturity that's really impressive for someone so young. Yeah, I don't even think the Brumbies fans sort of uh, were convinced that he'd be their starting ten with the likes of Mac Hale, uh, Hansen and Bally Klunzel and even uh, uh, Pasatoa, who's you know, a bit younger than... Let's see. I don't think you know th- there was plenty of options for the Brumbies at ten, but you're right. Lalesia just seems so composed. And I guess that was the word I wanted to use for that Brumbies' performance in the second half when they they were sort of put a put a hold on that Kiwi fight back and and then the impact from the bench. You know, that Lockie Lonergan in his first um, first uh, uh, match for the Brumbies off the bench, joining his brother and their team, and you know snagging a a turnover. Down the blind, a crucial. Yeah, that was really important. Some other big, yeah, some other big players too. So it, it's great. There's something. There always has been something about that Brumbies program that brings on those young players, 
um, so well and, and so easily. It's almost crusader-like and, and by far and away the best system in Australia and has been pretty much since inception of Super Rugby. Um, let, let's go for the South. Let's go to the Rebels because um, we'll, we'll finish with our teams. Uh, so the Rebels, you know, again, a fairly high-quality squad um, so far. They they haven't performed as, you know, we would expect them to or they had a, a loss to the Sharks on the weekend uh, at home, having bounced back from um, that win against the Waratahs the week before, but being their, I think, their first win of the season. Any take on the Rebels? They're not, they're not quite clicking, are they? They're still fighting the best combinations. They seem to be rotating through their tight five, their halves, um, and, and still finding how they pick all their sort of their gun stars in the right position elsewhere. And it's, they don't quite seem to have the... Uh, the combinations yet that uh, you'd expect from a team sort of, what, four games into the season? Yeah, you, you don't. You, you get the feeling with the Rebels, and, and as much as you're aware, on the record as fans of Dave Vessels and, and some of the players down there, geez, it feels a lot like last year could have been and should yeah. have been their year. Yep, and, absolutely. And they missed it and really sort of fell off a cliff in that second half of the season for reasons unknown. And now you just feel like they're they're chasing their tail, and and you know that their forward pack depth is pretty thin. You know, Izzy Nasirani is is playing a bit of a solo hand in that pack. Yep. I think, um, you know, Matt Phillips been been good in what I've seen of them, um, and you know, Richard Harwick's a, a, is a good player. That you know, there's they're a solid solid pack, but not really up to the quality, I think, of, of, say, the Brumbies or some of the other teams in the comp. And then looking through that back line, I think Matt Tamua did a, did a pretty admirable job of managing the game against the, Warat- excuse me, the Waratahs a yep. few days ago, yep. sorry, a few weeks ago. But, um, you know, with a, with, a, with a back line with guys like Dane Hallett-Petty and Marika Korobiti, um, you know, you'd expect a little bit better of them. Um, and they've got, you know, Andrew Kellaway is a, is a, is a solid player, um, and um, Billy Meeks obviously should be a guy pushing for a Wallabies berth um, this year too, given his, you know, being around the squad for for what about 18 months now. So look, you'd expect a little bit more out of that out of that backline than what they're getting at the moment. So yeah, look, I I don't have a good feeling about this Rebels season. I just feel like they've uh, they, they've got to find something uh, quite quickly, or, or else it could be another lost year. Hey, can I bring up something that's, you know, a pseudo-burning question we may have chatted about if we were sort of on this weekly, uh, like, years past. The number of international players in this Rebel Outfits, and it reached a stage where I think, was it two weeks ago, where they actually had to make a late change to their team because they had too many international in the team. They had to drop Frank Lamani, the Fijian, um, because they had five or something in their squad. So they've got... Lamani, obviously, they've got the two South Africans have signed, Elof and Klogenberg. Um, I th- I'm not sure we're sure, entirely sure what Ryan Lauren's the halfback, where he is eligible yet. I think previously he was, but um, I know the Rugby Australia, Scotty Johnson are chatting to World Rugby, are trying to get clarity on that. There's always questions and marks about Ruan Smith. But personally, I don't think we should have any foreign players, and I know each each team has a smattering. The Rebels overdo it. Any thoughts on that? Should we be allowing an, an, an occasional foreign player, or is it just too much, Hugh? Uh, I, I don't know. I look at that Rebels team, and I don't know. I think they probably need all the help they can get at the moment. Yeah. I mean, if they had Enough. a lot of young 
young Australian players that are that were waiting in the wings, a little bit like say the Reds do. Um, yep you'd think, and they were being held back by a Danny Cipriani or a Frank Lamani or, or, you know, a lot of, or even, you know, a sort of second rate international, like they have had a few in the past, the Rebels, um, you know, guys that seem to be sort of clogging up, clogging up spots who are probably yep. no better than the, the Australian alternatives. Um, you know, there's, there's a few examples spring to mind that I won't mention, but the, I, I look at that roster and go, well, there's there's a few guys floating around that are useful players, but there's there's no one in that wider squad that I think is 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 really pushing in the same way that say an Isaac Lucas might be pushing to get into the red side, or you know the, those yeah. sort of guys that that are that are there and thereabouts. So um, yeah, look, uh, it was an interesting little subplot, wasn't it? That that Rebels and, and yeah. Um, you know, Frank Lamani is obviously a very good player, so you can you can see why they'd be a little bit perturbed by having to leave him out at the last minute like that. It did seem yeah. a, bit, a bit sudden. I think the Rebels are the the, the prime example of, of Benny Darwin and Gainline Analytics cohesion factor. They've got plenty of skill, but the fact they chop and change the squad every year and have to bring in so many new players, and that's what happens when you buy these you know these sort of recruit from all over the place that you're just going to get a lot of sort of shapeshifters who move from squad to squad and, and, and never find their way. And it's just hard to build those combinations. Uh, Player-wise, anyone sort of surprise you? I guess you mentioned uh, Nasirani and Philip. Anyone else sort of caught your eye um, there? Look, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. There's not – no one really has, has – uh. Has I mean I've talked about Matt Phillip for a second. This is the he's got a there's there's a he Wallaby has. lock spot yep. open. Yep. There's a Wallaby lock spot open. You know Isaac Rod is probably you know you think he's nailed down as a starter. There's a second spot that is wide open. You know there's the, you could name six pretty much anyone that's got a starting second row berth could put together a couple of good games and and be in a in the frame for a Wallaby debut. And, and Matt Phillips a guy that that it's you feel like it's now or never. You know if this isn't his year then then you know, ship off somewhere else because you're probably never going to take the spot. And I like Matt Phillips' game. I want him to take it, you know, and he was good against the Waratahs um, and he just needs to find that run of form that can see him step up in a gold jersey because I think he's got it in him. I think he's a capable player. Um, so I, I just hope he can get a few of those performances together and, and and show what he's got because of the of those guys, as, as someone that could be a Wallaby debutant, I look at that Rebel side and, and I think he's the name to me that stands out as a guy that, that that could end up with a jersey. Yeah, I agree. He's the one I'd love to. Have. I've been, I guess, pushing his barrow for a while. I think he's a wonderful player, very physical, but also very skillful. But um, would love to see him step up. Look, uh, I mentioned this guy already, Lawrence, Ryan Lawrence. He was um, when he was with the Force a few years ago. He was one of the the standouts, and I think he actually trained with the Wallabies. Um, at some stage, at least made the squad. Now, he's been back in Japan, so that may reset his eligibility, but um, hopefully Scotty Johnson fights a good fight there and we, we confirm his availability because I, I I really like him as a, a sort of a real playmaking um, game-directing number nine. I think he's uh, one to watch, and you know we're looking for nines at the moment, and there's some good talent out there, And but I think Lawrence is playing right up there at the moment, so it'll be interesting to see. Um all right, let's go Tars, mate. Your beloved Tars. They're really struggling at the moment. Not much going their way. Um, what's your read on it, mate? Well, my read on it is the coach basically left them at the altar or, you know, yeah. left left in the what 
late stages of last year. The the CEO walked out. I can't remember it was either before or after, but but still in the, in the late stages of 2019. Um, they lost a number of staff. They've lost a number of key players, and they're they're a bit directionless at the moment. Um, it's fair to say, and in fact, dare I say, Andrew Hoare and um and Daryl Gibson have got a fair bit to answer for in the, in the state that they've left this side, um, because it's clearly not up to scratch, um, and and Waratahs fans deserve better. It, it's it's really disappointing because you know this team was one that you know as uh, as much as it's brought up as a bit of a punchline about you know five and a half years ago won a, won a Super Rugby title and and you know with a with a generation of players that really should have been the bedrock of of a decade long run or or at least you know more than what they ended up getting and so now to look at the state of the team and yeah look there's some nice young players coming through you know we've got a good young ten in Harrison who's you know he seems to be seems to be doing okay. I mean, it's fair to say a guy like Glolesio has probably outshone him so far, but he's had a, a, a better forward pack to play behind, so yeah. I'm prepared to, to watch a bit. A guy like Mark um, Nawaka Nidawase on the wing, you know, is obviously a, a really good young prospect coming through. There's some guys uh, in the forward pack that probably deserve a run that are, that are languishing in, in on the bench or in the seconds. Um, you know, there's there's obviously you know guys in the front row that are class, Harry Johnson, Holmes, and um, and Tom Robertson. You know, they, they they've got some moments there when they string it together. Jake Gordon's a good nine. You know, they've got the bedrock of an experienced side, um, and they just you know, but it's it's a it's the thing that grinds my gears as a Waratahs fan is is the inability to recruit any second rowers. You know, in the um, and and obviously Rob Simmons came down and he's look he's a useful super player. I, I like Rob Simmons at that level. Um, but you know Tom Staniforth is is a battler and and you know he tries hard, but he's just not of the quality of 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 a top Super Rugby side in the second row. And and the depth below him is is not a huge amount. You know better. And this has been a problem for four years. You know this has been a problem since we lost uh, Yark Potgita. Um, yep. on the side it's a problem and then Will Skelton walked out Kane Douglas walked out and and we've really you know with the exception of Simmons really have never found someone to fill that spot so you know we've known this has been a problem for, for two years at least but you know we're still here we are going well there's not enough grunt in the tight five there's not enough size in that pack you know we need a big ball running eight we look at you know look at a guy like Harry Wilson up in the reds easy nice Arani um, you know Rob Valentini Pete Summer these guys that 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 have gone to other franchises that that go well, why you know why can't we have one of them too so you know the, the Waratahs are playing the Lions this week it's a big game for them I think the Lions are struggling as well um and and it, it's it's going to be a huge game because they need this one win because if if they don't and they go zero and four then they're staring down the barrel of a very long season indeed but if they can they can scrape this one out they can pick up a couple of wins against you know, against some of the easier teams and 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 push for that you know maybe that top 10 maybe they dare to dream for something like that but um i still think finals is well beyond them this year and it's really that classic rebuilding year whether we can just get a bit of continuity with some new combinations and see if we can and build for you know get some of those young blokes in and and build for next year yeah it's interesting yeah is it a rebuilding year when do they make that call yep Hang on about the recruitment. I've, it, I've been silently bemused by 
the lack of a recruitment strategy from the Waratahs. It, you know, they've signed players and it, they haven't necessarily made sense. I mean, you can see it with the Brumbies and they have a recruiter whose name eludes me at the moment. I think he's a Kiwi, but he, it's clear what who they're bringing through and why and the the evolution of that team. The, the Reds, you can see it too. Much of that was financial driven. You know, they just didn't have the money for players. So they've sort of stuck to the young guys and brought those through. The Waratahs seem a little bit, and we see what the Rebels are doing there buying all and sundry from all over the world, whereas the Waratahs, who have this fantastic supposed, you know, base of rugby talent, the shoot shield, we hear about how fantastic it is and all that sort of stuff and plenty of 20s players and all that, but they're not getting the right players. You bang on about the type of players leaving and who they missed out on, but the the one that made it all real to me was Lucan Salakai Loto re-signing with the Reds. I think at the time he re-signed with the Reds, we already had long-term deals with Harry Hawkins, Angus Blythe, Isaac Rodder, and I think even Angus Blythe, who is just as tall, um, and there may be another one in there as well. So we had long-term deals with three, four locks. Lucan Salakai Lato, who only moved up here from New South Wales a few years ago. He's a New South Wales lad. I'm thrilled the Reds still have him, but he's exactly the type of forward that the Waratahs need. And for whatever reason, he chose Reds. So maybe that's a good sign for the Reds. But why didn't the Waratahs throw the bank at him, particularly in light of a you know a, a Will Skelton type player? Um, it's just it's a glaring full uh, flaw in the uh, in the Waratah system at the moment. And poor Rob Penny has come in late, and he's got Phil Bailey as his defence coach. He's coming even later. He's literally sort of minutes before before the start of the season launch. Um, I think we've got to start seeing some of these young guys coming in, more of them. I guess you're right, we've seen uh, uh, Will Harrison and and, uh, and uh, Angus Bell and, and so on. It's, it's just a matter of time before we start seeing Pat Taffer and Will Harris as well and, and maybe some more because the guys just aren't cutting it. The, the Dempseys and the Swintons and, and Swintons are young himself and you know, you know there was no, and I don't know what the seal with Tolu Latu and when that deal we knew he was going because there hasn't been a recruit of a, a a hooker to come in and 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 you know make that position his own. Robbie Albert, with all due respect, but if he's your big hooker signing, there's there's real trouble in the club. Um, so yeah, the recruitment's let him down, and we're seeing it big time now. Like, and I'd suggest it's only a matter of time before Penny says. Well, let's base this team on future generations like the Reds have had to do for the last few years. Yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And which is, you know, there's a lot of talent in that team, though. I mean, we can't. We, Michael Hooper is there. Is, is there, yeah. You know, he, uh, you got, you know, through that back line, it's Carmichael Hunt and Jack Maddox and Curtly Beal and, and, you know, guys that are experienced wallabies. You know, they, they, they are very good players. Uh, Alex Newsom and Cam Clark have, have been around a while. You know, they've got, you know, Rob Simmons in the pack. And they've, as I said, Jack Dempsey, these guys, they, they should, you know, that there's a there's a really good team there if they all click. But obviously some key issues in key positions like hooker, like second row, like number eight, like, you know, so probably inside centre could do with some work. That's, you know, caused the problems that, we have now, and and look, I think, I, I I don't know, I think there's something that's not quite right with them this yeah. year, and I reckon the Lions might top them this uh, this Friday night because I I don't know, I just think that that 
yeah, I just don't have a good feeling about them this year. There's just you look at the Reds and you look at the Brumbies, and that's maybe there's why there's that excitement there. You could just there's just something in them when you watch them. You can feel there's some sort of the team environment's positive and there looks to be really good vibe and they're playing with energy and enthusiasm. And I just don't get that when I look at the Waratahs. But I'm happy to be proven wrong on Friday night. But uh, Yeah, sure. let's hope so. Absolutely. I'll be cheering for them most definitely. But And we won't harp on it much longer. But you're right. You're looking through that player list and guys like Jed Holloway, who was a Wallaby training last year, and it's been such a high potential for a few years. Hooper, Dempsey and Swinton, these back rowers. Jake Gordon, this was his year to make it his own, to get that... Wallaby number nine jersey. Hunt had lots to prove. And even Beal, I mean, God, I mean, it's just a, a team of non-performance. If this is a high-performance program, there's no high-performance yet, which, as you say, is an indicator that there's something more significantly wrong somewhere in that club. And hopefully it turns around this week and we, we start seeing a bit of an upward swing. Yeah, um, yeah. well, let's let's get to the positive, Reg. Come on, here we go. Reds, give me, give me what you got. How are you feeling? <laughs> Mate, look... I, we're not going to go over the top here. That was great fun to watch on Saturday night. Um, most of all, I felt happiness for the for the team. It's still, I know they won't say it, but it's still a young team. And they've just had the start of the season from hell. You know, Brumbies on the road, across to uh, South Africa, then across to Argentina. Um, and then finally back home for round four. They performed pretty damn well in, in all of those games, at least in the first half, particularly that first half with the Jaguars um, before disaster in the second half in the shape of a hometown referee and, and, and you know, just getting the better of us. But um, so I was just thrilled for the players to, for them to click like that in front of a home crowd and, and um, put on a performance, which is a, a record breaker for Australia and for the Reds and Super Rugby, our highest ever score. And Jock Campbell set records as a goal kicker, despite kicking pretty averagely. Um, look, the Sunwolves were a rabble. They are, I know they beat the Rebels in round one, but they are barely mediocre. Um, and I'd be surprised if we see much better from them this year. Maybe they'll pull off an odd surprise, but they were pretty terrible. And, and with all due respect to their players, they're a very bits and pieces. But you can only play what's in front of you. And the Reds combinations on Saturday night looked fantastic. And it was, you know, for uh, all us beleaguered Reds fans, it was a joy to watch. It was good fun footy, wasn't it? It was great to watch. And yeah, you, you know, we we people say oh you know the Sunwolves were were rubbish and oh you know the Chiefs didn't play well but yeah, that's a classic Australian thing you know we we yeah. talk we talk down the successes you know and we talk up the failures and and I'm just not going to be drawn into that I, the, the yep the the Sunwolves probably aren't a great footy side but you know what the Reds put them to the sword like a good team does they you know they they started with their foot on the accelerator and and they didn't let it slip there wasn't you know, uh, ill-discipline. There wasn't soft errors. People weren't, you know, it wasn't white line fever. I've seen those games where, yep. you know, as much as it's a bad side, you look up and after 30 minutes, it's 12-7 and, and and the opposition team feel like they've got a sniff, you know, you've opened the door. And and that's where those sort of things can can, can go out of control for you. I've seen there's a Waratahs fan with teams like the Cheetahs, that, you know, those teams that they should beat and they, and they don't because they play down to the level of their opposition. And, the Reds did not do that for for a second, and they dominated the set piece. Um, you know, their forward running was was outstanding, uh, led by a guy like Harry Wilson. I thought Liam Wright was really solid too. Um, and 
Taniela Tupo played well, but mainly it was that back line. I mean, I've, I've become quite enamoured with the 9-10-12 the combination Absolutely. of McDermott, O'Connor and Stewart. Um, and, you know, pretty small, uh, but very skillful and just do the basic things really well. It's straight running. It's it's good service off from the from the base of the ruck um, and it's good, accurate passing and kicking. And, and, and that's giving space to the guys outside, you know, Paisami looks like he could be a real goer. Um, and, you know, obviously Jock Campbell has played well. You've got Felipe Dalgunu going to slot in there somewhere at some point, you'd think. Um, yep. And, you know, it, it, it's all of a sudden starting to look like something, isn't it, Reg? And, and I mean... Uh, what do you what what do you what do you think? I'm obviously trying to keep a lid on it now, and and look, no one's pretending they're going to hold the trophy aloft at the end of the season. But what, what's a realistic expectation? Do you think, mate? Uh, and you've almost you've almost unleashed the genie. I was just about to go through. <laughs> you got me very excited speaking so positively. <laughs> I was going to keep going, and I yeah, there's more I want to mention, but we'll get to that. What's realistic? I mean, there is no reason we shouldn't be targeting the top of the conference. I mean, the Brumbies are setting the standard. Absolutely. Uh, a win in New Zealand, that's that's the high watermark from Australian Super Rugby's perspective. So that's what we have to achieve. Um, you know, without being cliched, it, it, it comes down to this week as it does with the Tars and it comes with the others. We we host the Sharks at Suncorp and that, that'll be the challenge for us. We have to get over this weekend. But th- there's no reason. I think we've got the talent to, to top the conference. Um, I think there's that confidence building. I think you can see a difference in them from last year. The way they're attacking and whether it's, you know, just a year more maturity, whether that's that youthful exuberance, whether it's Jimmy Mackay's coaching playing off, whether it's the James O'Connor factor, whether it's the non-Samu Kareville factor, you know, we're actually utilising the ball now, but, you know, we're playing through the line. Like you say, we're straightening up, but then we're also getting those offloads off which and that support play, which is remarkable. They almost overdid it some of those early games, um, but they've backed themselves to continue it. I, I'm really impressed. You know, there's a long way to go, and and this week will be a test to see if we can back it up. But you know, you're right. There's grounds to be excited. And can I mention a couple of those players? And, and, and O'Connor. And I think most people would know my reluctance around the O'Connor signing, but he's been exceptional. And I even doubted his selection at ten. You know, I thought he did was doing it well at twelve, and probably would have liked Bryce Hegarty moved to ten, but. O'Connor has been fantastic at 10 and is probably the leading candidate for the Wallaby 10 jersey now. The, the I've heard it talked about by backs, you know, back coaches and these smart tactical coaches about, you know, you know, turning your shoulders and, and, and straightening that line. And he does it so well. And you can say the impact, the doubt it causes within that defensive line. Um, but he's still got the speed, the, the breaks on the outside he's making. He's just such a... A, a quality player, and he's been the difference for us um, this year. I'm thrilled Hamish Stewart is playing good footy. I, I've said it before. I think 12's his spot. He gets to play the ball, but he loves the aggression. He's tackling and plenty. The other surprise packet for me is Henry Spate. You know, he's, you know, really made an impact to that team and as that sort of playmaking playmaking blind winger, so to speak, coming into so, some of those lines. He he plays the line game well, which is a big part of Jimmy Mackay's line. So, you know, you remember back to 2011 when Jimmy was the backs coach then, Quaid was exceptional, but he had line runners. He had Fyinga, Benny Taps, Digby, 
you know, all running these great lines for him. And that's what we're getting now. We, we're getting Hunter Passami, who runs a great line. Hamish Stewart runs a great line. Henry Spate, Jock Campbell, you know, a surprise packet at 15. These guys run good lines. Harry Wilson, a revelation. So, yeah, you're right. There's plenty to be excited about, and I, and I could go on, and I will. No, I won't. But, um, <laughs> you know, there's, there's, there's lots to like. And, I, you know, I, I think there's no doubt that this team, should be targeting a, a, a conference um, uh, top spot. Um, it's just whether they can uh, maintain that level of play consistently. And we've seen glimpses in the first three weeks. It was better on the weekend. Now we have to do it again this week and against a, you know, a pretty tough competition. Well, and this is just such an important game. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it because it really does... I mean, you don't want to put too much on a game in round five, but home crowd... Um, you know, this is the big are they for real game because the Sharks are, are a good side. You know, I think I said today on the forum, on paper, they're better than the Reds. They're, I think they're yep. just more experienced. They're, they're a better side. Um, obviously, just on the table, they've had more wins. Um, but, you know, they're also beatable. Uh, and, you know, that they're, they're, they're at the end of a long road trip. Um, but, you know, I don't think that's as much of a, of a down as it used to be. You know, used to have these South African sides and they were, they were on the plane home before they even ran on the field. Um, but that's that, that those days are long gone and these sides come to play. And you think with the Reds against the Sharks this week, Brumbies on the bye, the Brumbies go into the Sunwolves next week. Yeah. Um, and the Reds have the Crusaders. I'm going to say it. If the Reds don't win this game, they can't win the conference because yeah, a, yeah. you can think there's a fair chance at the moment they're one and th- one and three. Um, yep. If they lose this game, let's face it, they're going away to the Crusaders, which is a the game they're probably losing. They're one and five, and the Brumbies are at that point going to be with Touchwood a win over the Sunwolves. They're four and one, so yep. there's a four win deficit there, and that is going to be awfully tough to to make up. Um, you know, and, and I don't want to keep going into the comp, but, you know, then they've, the Reds have got the Bulls and the Brumbies have got the Waratahs. So, you know, it doesn't get easier from there. And obviously the Reds will have those easier games coming coming home, but, you know, that, that, that deficit might just be a bridge too far. So you feel like a win here is, is one of the ones they need to keep in touch with that conference and with the competition more broadly because, um, you know, th- there's, a, there's a time when you... you, you you know, I think the first four games of the season has been a clear progression. They've they've looked really great with it with without chalking up a win, you know, either in South Africa or in Argentina. Um, now's the time where they've got to start getting over the line and 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 getting those wins in the bank. Um, yeah. So yeah, but but you know, there's 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 a lot to like there, and and I got to say, my one Wallaby bolter, it's not even a bolter. I think the one Wallaby debutant that you can put your money on this year is Tate McDermott. I think he yeah. takes that nine shirt. Um, barring Nick White coming home, which is which is obviously something we we might expect at some point. I'm not sure when he arrives home, but um, I think Tate McDermott will get a run at least in those July tests. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, and particularly if they look at combinations, you know, I guess Matty Tamua is the other option at ten there. But I, I think James O'Connor is a, a great shot at ten, and that just might that make might make that transition for a rookie nine into the Wallaby spot easier to have the guy he's played 
hopefully most of the season without Sidem. So, yeah, that's a fair shout. Harry Wilson's the obvious, obvious one for mine. I will still say this. I think Fraser McWright, who just made his return from injury via the bench on the weekend, is going to tear this competition open. He's an exceptional player. I think we saw it for 10 minutes on the field. And uh, how they balance that back, back row for the Reds will be interesting. But I suspect we'll get a, uh, a, a pooper-like scenario where we've got Liam Wright and Fraser McWright on the bench on the field together. And that's going to wreak havoc. So something to keep an eye out for. Um, yeah, well, um, obviously the acronym. Yeah, well, I don't know what's what's it called. The sort of portmanteau of those two, McWright and Wright. McWright. Right, right. McWright with spelling. Yeah, right. It's it's. Yeah, it was something to look forward to. Anyway, Reg, I mean, are you gonna? Uh, we you didn't preview this as well as you could have, I think. But the 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 um the explosive article going to be published <laughs> tomorrow on Green and Gold Rugby that'll shock you to your core. Um, <laughs> Do you, do you, I mean, you've been working hard on this, I know. Do you want to uh, give a preview to, uh, to our listeners? Yeah, look, we have literally just sent a letter, a very serious letter, to um, Andy Marinos, the CEO of Sansa. Um, we'll, we're going to publish that letter in full uh, tomorrow. So we're, we're recording this, what are we, Tuesday night? Wednesday morning, uh, that letter will be on our website and basically, this is all in response to um, a bit of you know, statistical analysis that one of our contributors goes by Rebel Rebels Three on the uh, on the Green and Gold Rugby Forum did for us or did on his off his own bat that was picked up. He did this sort of last week where he sort of looked at the ho- the impact of home ground refs and we tweeted it and put a little bit of social media and it sort of caught fire, didn't it? There's a lot of response from. Um, obviously Australian fans, but uh, I guess Southern Hemisphere rugby followers and, and broader and got picked up in mainstream media. Wayne Smith ran for it, with it for a, a few days there, uh, uh, numerous articles back to back. And it just prompted us to look at it a bit more detail, I guess, to really analyse those figures. And uh, you're right, we, I've, I've done a fair bit of work on this. And again, just focusing on those last three years and all the stats will be there on the site. We'd encourage you to jump on have a look and, and, and let us know what you think. But it's it's pretty damning. And it, it shows us that there is a clear homegrown uh, ref impact on penalty counts, at least, um, with uh, the home team when refereed by uh, a local ref um, getting an advantage. And if I can preview that a step further, and, and you know, our, our, the genesis of our article is that we think neutral referees are the way forward as much as possible um but in saying that the, the stats for the home ground bias and i i say bias the the, the home ground i guess trend towards uh uh it, it more positively to the home team is most damning when it's south africans involved so some of the stats that some of these south african referees uh are drawing um when they're refereeing a south african team uh pretty scandalous and uh there's some obvious names there but it all comes pretty clear in the article i think you know Hugh, you've seen it uh anything else i guess it'll be there for everyone to see in the morning and we'll see what sansa takes with it yeah i i i think and look by the time people are listening to this they might have already read it it's yep. it's it's a really interesting look and it's something i'm i'd be amazed if sansa didn't already know this or had some perception yeah. of it but um I think it backs up that eye test that we often have watching referees, in particular in South Africa, that that it just doesn't feel like 
yeah, there's too many. I mean, there's there's outlier games that we can talk about that that probably yeah. affect the numbers a bit, but but there's enough of them that are, they're almost not outliers anymore. Um, so yeah, look, uh, I, I, it'll be interesting to say. I think neutral refs is a policy that really should be um, looks to be put in far more than what it is now. Um, and yeah. Uh, let, let's hope that this can spur a bit of discussion around it without resulting in finger pointing about certain yeah. people or certain certain uh, countries, because it's something that we, you know, I think it's just in the interest of everyone if we get right. Absolutely. Um, all right. So let's let's wrap up, I guess, on rugby TV rights, Hugh. I mean, we're still some way from any sort of clarity. There's still you know, articles coming up in respective news services. It's hard to know exactly the truth behind the matter. What's your sort of read of the current situation and where it might be heading and, you know, what might eventuate? Well, it's it's just such an unknown, isn't it? It's a bit of a mess. I mean, it, it just feels like it's all being done out in public, isn't it? It feels like almost a TV dating show of some kind. Yep. And, you know... Uh, if I have to read another think piece about, you know, the value mm-hmm. of rugby or, you know, changes to make to rugby or, you know, tries should be worth nine points or something like that, you know, it's – I'm just ready for it to have an outcome. I mean, I, I think the way that Fox Sports has carried on is leaves a lot to be desired. I mean, again, they're, you know, Jamie Panderham in, in the in the uh, telly Absolutely. running yesterday, oh, well, Fox are walking away. Well, you know, they say that a lot. Um, for yep. someone that's not interested in the game, they they seem to be really broadcasting the fact that they that they don't care and that they're moving on. And it's just a sort of you know, Optus are seemingly coming to the table. Channel Ten are coming to the table. I think most people, most reasonable commentators, can see that that are Rugby Australia and and Raylene Castle have probably done the right thing. But look, it's it's a it's a risk that might not pay off. It's a it's a if we end up with a total that's less than what Fox initially put on the table, then then there might be some uh, some hard questions to answer, because uh, yeah, it does seem like there's a, there's a lot on the line here in terms of the future of the game, in terms of the the way that we consume it. Um, but you know, I, I think it's still still too early to say. A lot of these things are all posturing, and you don't really know who to believe, do you? Because it's all a bit of smoke and mirrors and and people trying to circle to, to get the best deal for themselves. But, uh, you know, I think Fox Sports would be doing themselves and their members, sorry, their their um, subscribers are a great disservice if they didn't at least put in a bid. I think that would be a uh, a real, a, a really poor move for, for a uh, service that certainly needs the subscribers that rugby can bring to it. Um, and, and, you know, if it does end up that they don't put in a bid well, you know, the way that they've carried themselves to this debate, I think there'll be a lot of people that might gladly cancel their subscriptions to Foxtel. But it's still, look, too early to say that and, uh, you know, hard to tell where the, where the reality is. But, um, yeah, it's certainly, certainly interesting to watch. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, and, you, yeah, you're right. We don't know what's going on. There's lots of hearsay. Um, apparently we should know something sometime this time next month, so the end of March, uh, which would be a great indicator. Um, a great a great sort of advancement in the story uh, you know stop the the hearsay and the the rumors and so on look you, from my perspective f- full credit to, to Raylene and rugby Australia it, it's a real calculated risk um but yeah I've heard some interesting perspective that I hadn't really considered Fox have devalued the game you know their reluctance to to let it grow by allowing remember that they had the ability 
Rugby Australia, while they did, you know, sell the rights to Foxtel and to Fox and enjoyed the money that came with it, Fox controlled the rights to sell it on to, to Free to Air and always refused to sort of thing. So they had the chance to grow this game that they had an interest in, in growing. They refused to. So they are, you know, think of where this game would be if, if we had enabled, if they had enabled the sport to have a little bit more free to air presence. And surely that would have grown their own subscriptions and so on. So where we stand now is, is you know, I won't say it's as much Fox Sports problem, uh, blame as Rugby Australia's, but they're a contributing factor. So it's a good chance for us to go out there and test the market. Let's hope it pays off. But regardless, the the future viewing of of rugby in Australia, I think it's going to be substantially different. Whatever the whoever's doing it, this new package that involves everything from the Wallabies and remember we've got a British Lions tour in that sort of next package deal, I think, all the way down to grassroots footy being um, whatever that form is, national club competitions, supposedly some schoolboy footy, sevens competitions. It's it's a holistic approach, which um, which will change the way we watch rugby now. So uh, a very fascinating time and um, let's hope it all pays off. Indeed, indeed. Well, th- well, thanks for the chat, Reg. Uh, I yeah, think, good stuff, um, mate. Yeah, we might do it again another three or four months, eh? We'll see if we can yeah. get the other things involved as well. <laughs> well, let's see how the Waratahs and Reds go this week and then we can skip yeah, around that. I know, it might get very, very hard indeed to get everyone together. All right, excellent. Uh, to our listeners, thanks for joining in. Uh, like you say, uh, hit us up on the blog, check out our articles, follow us on social media, and hopefully uh, you'll hear from us soon from a podcast perspective. But until then, uh, keep on out there, get to your rugby, and enjoy the game. Heels off the top. Larkham. Herbert smashes through the middle. Gregan. Drop goal from Larkham. Up it goes! Could you believe it? Larkham has to be a beer.